0: Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the episodic audio book, Fire, Pain and Ruin: a Rutherford Manor novel. Now, uh, we are on the second last episode for the podcast version of this audiobook, which will give me time to wrap up the rest of the audio files and have it ready in its entirety for you to listen to. So definitely keep watch for that as it comes uh. Into completion, so if you haven't been following, I would highly recommend going back to episode one because oh man, we're really close to the end, and I'm just flipping through the pages here to see how much is left and where we left off. And man, yeah, thing, lots of has happened. Like in last episode, spaulding finally called it off with Irene. Took him long enough. So turns out Irene really had a thing for him, even. even though she kind of played him in the White Hand novel. Um, but uh, he, he stayed strong and resisted her, and he's uh, going to live up to his father's name. And uh, Louise uh, and Billy tried to get some answers from the midwives about that really messed up ritual that backfired. And the two midwives, Elise and Rachel, did not have answers for Billy or Louise, and... Uh, Rowan is missing out in the forest since the owl attacked her, and uh, Louise tried to tell the midwives about her calling, thinking it is death, because she had uh, entered a weird trance and killed a rabbit uh, in a previous episode. So lots has happened. Um, Let's find out where the story goes next. Chapter 32, Mature. Another week, another visit to church, and an exciting training session in the forest with great-uncle Billy. There would be another playdate with the Connors' children. It seemed like ever since Maxwell Connors' death, father and mom wanted to spend more time with the remaining members of the Connors' family. Maybe they felt sorry for them. Boy, if only they knew. Louise cared little about them now. The Connorses seemed like a whiny bunch of snobs. Louise would love to tell them that the family patriarch, their father, their husband, was a pedophile. That would shut them up. She couldn't. She promised Great Uncle Billy. So she carried out pretending that everything was fine. The void wasn't real. The emptiness didn't exist. She was just a normal 14-year-old girl going for a dinner and play date with another family. Lisa seemed pleased about going over to spend time with the Connors's she was making new friends. Louise didn't want any friends. She wanted the forest. Silence. Despite what the midwives had told her, Louise was certain that her calling was death. She felt it. It was stronger than anything she'd ever felt before. Even stronger than the void. She'd channeled it through her hands and into the rabbit. She'd experience it again. She had to prove herself that death was her calling. She needed a second experience. "'Good to see you again, Rose,' Mum said while the family entered the Connors' house. "'Always a pleasure to see the savages,' Mrs. Connor said, following with a closed smile. Her mascara was slightly smudged. She must have been crying just moments before. "'Hi,' Edward said, greeting Lisa and Louise. "'Good to see you two again.' He was a little less chipper than he'd been in the spring. The boy had admired his father. "'Guess he would turn into a predator, too,' Louise thought." Unlikely, but the morbid thought amused her. Maybe she could take care of him the way Billy had taken care of Maxwell. Loony thoughts of the new normal. Likewise, Lisa said. How are you and your sister? Fine, Edward said, with his hands in his pockets. At least, as fine as we can be. I know, Lisa said. They'll find him. No, they won't, Louise thought. She smiled to herself, but quickly forced it away. No one else was smiling. Susie stood behind Edward, gazed to the ground as the adults mingled. This wasn't a joyful time. Father and mom gave Mrs. Connors a hug. We're here for you, Mom said while giving the woman a quick rub on the back. We'll help you get through this. Thank you. Everyone and Rowley has been so generous. I just hope my husband comes back okay. We never intended to be here for more than a year. What if he doesn't come back? Do we stay? What do we do? Rowley welcomes you, Father said. Things will get back to normal soon, Mom said. Thank you, Mrs. Connors said. I'm just nervous. First my husband and now a priest? I'm afraid so, Father said, Father Isaac. They found his body, Mrs. Connors choked up. I, I just, I can't, I wonder. A tear began to run down her cheek. Mom spoke. How about you kids play out back? We'll take care of prepping dinner. Susie nodded. "'Okay,' she waved the twins over. "'Come this way.' Louise was the first to follow Susie, walking side by side with the girl. Edward and Lisa followed last. "'Guess the parents wanted to have their secret adult club,' Louise thought. The kids weren't mature enough to hear what they had to talk about. "'I highly doubt that,' she thought. Over the spring, Louise had learned that adults weren't that different from kids. They simply had more layers of problems.' Louise and Lisa didn't like church. They wanted to play outside. Billy had a curse. He wanted to have children with his wife. Those were two layers. Maturity wasn't that complicated. "'How've you been, Louise?' Susie asked, leading the group to the back entrance. "'Fine,' Louise said. "'Same old stuff.' "'I would sure like that,' Susie said. "'I miss the old days of everything being okay. "'Father was strict on me, but he was my father. He showed me how to be a good person, just like mother. Wait, Louise thought. She began to connect some of the pieces to the theory. Maxwell had a daughter, Susie. She was the same age as Louise. Could Maxwell have? It was possible. He was a pedophile. He'd been forward with Louise. Maxwell could have done the same to others that weren't so lucky. After a second thought, it didn't seem likely Susie didn't have quite the same look as Louise. As Maxwell had put it, Louise was a young lady. As her parents had told her, her body was just developing a little sooner than other girls. For all Louise knew, Susie hadn't even experienced menstruation. You guys want to play some tag? Edward asked. I do, Lisa said. I'll be it first. I really don't want to, Louise said. Here she was, sabotaging fun again. She couldn't help it. That stuff seems so rudimentary to her now. Maybe in a lick, Susie said. We're just having a chat, catching up. Edward shrugged. Okay. Looks like it's just us, Lisa said. I'm coming for you, quick, she said while dashing toward Edward. That's ratty, he said while running. I didn't get a head start. Too bad. Louise watched while her sister chased the goofy Connors boy around. His body wobbled as he ran they fed the Connors' kids well here i wish i could just play like edward susie said it's just not the same without him great louise hadn't considered the possibility of this she'd have to listen to susie ramble on about her predator dad all night she just wanted to be left alone louise wanted to be like great uncle billy she could work with great uncle nox and not have to deal with people or like the midwives and live in the forest anything instead of listening to the sob story about an evil man. I know you don't understand, Susie said. It's tough for anyone to understand what I'm going through. I feel so alone. Trust me, Louise said. I know that very well. No, you don't, Susie said. You have your whole family. They're always together as a single unit. I mean, my family's not bad, Louise admitted. But other things happen that can cause loneliness. Not like this. You wouldn't get it. Louise clenched her fists, annoyed that Susie was belittling her in that way. She was using Louise as a sounding board, but Louise wasn't a one-way conversation. Susie had no clue what had happened to her, what the girl's father had done to her. When it came down to it, Susie was just as naive as her brother, Edward. Father was always keeping us in line, even when mother didn't. That's why we can't sneak out of church like you or Lisa. Our father watches us way more than yours does. He was like the glue that kept us together. We got to travel a lot because of his work and see new places. Even in this dead end town, father made sure we always had a bright future. Louise had heard enough. Now Susie was trashing their town and claiming that her own parents weren't doing a good job. Father might favor Lisa and Mum was strict, but they were still Louise's family. At least my father doesn't touch little girls, Louise said. Excuse me? Susie stopped, staring at Louise. There's nothing special about your father, Louise said. I know about the loneliness because your father tried to treat me like I was his whore. Susie's mouth opened. Shocked. No, that, what? Susie pushed Louise. You can't say stuff like that about my father. Louise only took a step back from the push. She wondered if she'd gone too far now. She wasn't supposed to tell anyone what happened. Great Uncle Billy told her to keep it a secret. She'd been vague enough, she thought. Or maybe she wasn't. At least she hadn't mentioned Great Uncle Billy. Yeah, Louise said. What are you going to do about it? Maybe don't start telling me what I understand and saying such horseshit about my family until you get the full picture, dimwit. Well, that was probably too much. Too late now. Heavy footsteps picked up on the grass behind her as Edward came flying past Louise and slapped Susie's arm. The physical contact shocked the girl and brought her out of the stare down that she'd been in with Louise. Tag, you're it, Edward shouted as he ran away. Louise kept her dagger eyes on Susie. If this spoiled brat wanted to pick a fight with her, she was ready. She wanted Susie to engage. Louise knew that she was the lady of death. Great uncle Billy had taught her self-defense. She'd destroy Susie. On a second thought, that was insane. The repercussions would be immense. She had to keep a clear head. Louise had to wait and listen for when death called for her. Then she would channel the new power. Am I crazy? Louise thought. She was thinking differently than before, channeling energy, death, violence. An evil had seated in her after the traumatic event with Maxwell. You made all that up. Right? Susie asked. Tears began to run down her face as she tried to remain strong. She sniffled. You made all that up. Sure, Louise said. I sure did. Susie was just a little girl. Louise was mature. She was getting good at lying. That was what adults did to protect their secret club. Sorry, I just got upset when you were bad mouthing my family in my town. I'm sorry. I'm just upset. I miss my father. "'Nothing is ever going to be the same.' "'She hugged her arms. "'I heard about that priest. "'Father Isaac?' Louise asked. "'Me too. It's scary.' "'Yeah. And Mother keeps playing with the idea that Father is dead. "'She thinks he isn't coming back.' "'He wasn't.' "'I'm sure he will.' "'Louise had to play nice. "'Mom and Father would certainly scold her if they found out she'd offended Susie. "'You know, I made that stuff up, right? About your father?' Susie sheepishly lost eye contact. Right? Louise asked more sternly. Don't tell anyone. You're being mean to me. You just insulted my father. Yeah, well, you were rude too. We're even. Can we leave it at that, okay? And what if I don't? I could tell my brother. He wouldn't be nice to you then. Or I could tell my mother and get your parents involved. I don't think you would like that. And I could pin you down and peel off your skin, Louise said. I don't think you'd like that. Susie said nothing. Her eyes widened, tears halfway down her face. A blend of fear and sorrow. Louise had her. We understand each other. Kids, came Mrs. Connor's voice. Dinner's ready. Susie tried to walk away. Louise snagged her arm, tightly gripping. Ow, Susie said. Understood, Louise asked. Yeah, Susie said, jerking her arm back. Louise let her go. The girl hurried back to their house, followed by Edward and Lisa. Louise trailed behind in the rear. She was relieved. She'd cleaned that up. Louise had almost slipped up about the secret. She couldn't even tell her own sister, but was about to tell that spineless girl Susie. Louise had to be more careful. She had to take responsibility as a mature person. She wasn't a kid anymore. She followed the other kids inside, letting her mind drift back to the constant void death. She played with the possibility of great-uncle Billy being responsible for Father Isaac's fate. She shrugged off the idea quickly. Father Isaac seemed like a good man. She didn't know him very well, but he had a history with Rutherford Manor. He'd even married Billy and Vivian. How much blood left his body? Louise couldn't help but wonder. She was fascinated by it. Father Isaac had become one with death. Death was all around. Louise knew it. It was her calling. Chapter 33 A Blessing and a Tragedy. At long last, Louise returned to the grace of the forest. After the regular week, she could finally be herself. Free, Lisa and Louise retreated to their familiar playplace in the woods, away from it all, back to the log bridge, their clubhouse. Samuel should be here by now, Lisa said. Then there was that. Louise frowned. Of course, Lisa had to invite the boy. It was supposed to be just Louise and Lisa, and Lisa hadn't even asked what Louise thought about it. She just did it, which annoyed Louise. Her sister wanted to spend more time with this boy than she did with her. Lisa was straying away from Louise. They used to have so much time spent with just each other. In a strange form of balance, Louise found herself distancing from her sister too. The secret. Maybe this would all pass and things would go back to normal. The void would disappear. No stupid boys. Lisa and Louise once again. Unlikely, a sickening feeling in Louise's stomach reminded her that this was forever. Maybe he's running behind, Lisa said while chucking a small pebble off the cliff. Maybe he found a new girl to keep himself busy with, Louise said. No, Lisa said. He said he'd be here. People lie, Louise said while running her hand along a tree stump. It was moist. The whole forest was, had a way of holding in the humidity any time it rained. She enjoyed the cool crispness of the water-soaked foliage. She was here, in the forest of secrets and answers. Samuel doesn't. He's a nice boy. He's also a boy. They're all bad news. You don't know that. You just wish a boy was into you. You're jealous, Lisa said. Trust me, I'm not, Louise said. The less I have to do with them, the better. Someone will change your mind, Lisa said. I like Samuel. He's pretty nice. Just keep your guard up, Louise said. And if he tries anything, you let me know, okay? Okay, Lisa said, confused. Like what? Like tries to take advantage of you. Sure, I just want to make sure you're safe. Same goes for you, Lisa said. We're growing up. Things aren't like how they used to be. Only if Lisa knew, Louise bit her tongue. She couldn't. She'd had that close slip with Susie. She had to leave it at that. No more spilling the beans. Did you kiss him? Louise asked. Lisa blushed. Yeah, just once, but just that one time. Yuck, Louise thought. How was it? It was good. Really good. She looked away. You should try it. That's okay. What about Edward? Lisa asked. What about him? Louise said. He seems nice. No way, Louise said. Like I said, the less boys, the better. Hey, came Samuel's distant voice. He was on the other side of the log bridge running towards them. He waved his hands while smiling. Samuel, Lisa said. She hurried over the bridge to meet him. Louise followed behind slowly. Too bad. It looked like they'd be spending their time with the boy again. Unless she was out of the house. She could attune herself to the forest. She could listen for her calling. You're a little late, Lisa said while giving Samuel a long hug. It's a little difficult getting away from my parents, Samuel said. He let her go and then waved at Louise. Hi. Hello, Louise said. It's good to get out of the house, Samuel said. Tell me about it, Louise said. The forest is the best place, Louise said. Other places are boring. I don't know about that. Samuel said. There's lots to do in Rowley, too. Does it compare to this? Louise said while raising her arms. We're free here. We can do whatever we want. That's why this is the best spot, Lisa said. No adults telling us what to do. We can call the shots, Louise said. That's true, Samuel said. It is nice to get away from the town and the adults. We can do whatever we like, he winked at Lisa. Disgusting! Louise knew what the boy wanted. They were all mini men. She would have to keep a close eye on her sister to make sure everything was fine. Want to play hide and seek? Samuel asked. I'd rather explore the forest, Louise said. We shouldn't go too far though, Lisa said. With Father Isaac and Mr. Connors missing, there's a lot of chat going around about a killer. No one's going to get us, Louise said. When have you ever seen anyone else around here? ''Never,'' Lisa said. ''That's why we should stick to here.'' Samuel shrugged. ''Let's play some hide-and-seek and and explore some of the area. We can do both.'' ''Isn't Samuel just the best at solving situations?'' Louise thought dryly. He played the nice guy, a characteristic that Maxwell had. ''That boy better not try anything on her sister.'' ''Okay,'' Louise said. ''Fine, we'll play hide-and-seek.'' ''I want to hide,'' Lisa said. I'll hide too, Samuel said. I guess I'll seek, Louise said. Don't start moving until I reach the tree, Louise ordered, heading to the nearest tree. Okay, go, she said while covering her ears and closing her eyes. I'll count to ten, she called out. She began counting down. She couldn't hear or see, but had the feeling the two were probably going to hide together, kissing. Lisa wanted that. Three Two, one, ready or not, here I come," Louise said while turning around. As expected, both Samuel and Lisa were gone. She was on her own in the forest. She could just leave them hiding. If they wanted to play smooch face, then she would have time to explore her calling. There were other secrets in the forest, too, a tempting idea. Louise also wanted to see her sister, though. This was their time together regardless of Samuel's presence. Louise began to walk through the forest, moving away from the log bridge. Lisa and Samuel could have run across it, or maybe they didn't. This was the thrill of hide-and-seek. It was a game she had enjoyed a lot more before the spring. So much in such little time. I'm coming for you, Louise said. Silence. Louise continued to stroll through the forest, checking around rocks, stumps, and bushes. No luck. The search continued. She listened to the forest, trying to tune into her feelings. She used her senses of smell, sight, touch, and hearing. She wanted to enter the trance again. It was surreal. She only hoped to experience it once more. Bingo. She spotted a clue. In the muddy ground were shoe prints. The training with the great uncle Billy was proving to be more useful by the day. She followed the tracks which led up to a pair of shoes poking out from under their shrub. The rest of the body was hidden. The shoes didn't look like her sister's. It had to be Samuel. Maybe the boy was by himself after all. Louise crept up to the bush, making sure she didn't make a noise. One step at a time, Louise snuck up to the foliage. She was only a few paces away. Now, Louise sprinted forward, swatting at the bush to reveal Samuel. His eyes widened. Gotcha, Louise said, reaching for him. Samuel dodged. You missed, he said with a smile, exposing his crooked front tooth. The boy dashed away, ducking under Louise's arm and running back toward the bridge. Louise let go of the bush and charged after him. He wasn't going to get away so easily. Louise could run. Great Uncle Billy was teaching her how to handle endurance. She was on the hunt. The distance between them began to close with each breath she took. The boy's legs pumped furiously as he rushed toward the bridge. He was just out of reach, over an arm's length. He made a quick turn and stepped onto the log bridge that lay across the deep ravine. Louise followed. As he spun onto the log, the boy's shoe slid on a wet bark. He tumbled, landing face forward, sliding diagonally along the trunk. His body reached the edge of the bridge, vanishing from view. He snagged onto a knothole in the log, hanging for his life. Louise skidded to a stop, almost following the same fate as the boy. Help, Samuel yelled, struggling with his grip. Hang on, Louise said. She leaned down as a wind blew past the log bridge, blowing leaves in front of her. The temperature dropped as the sun vanished behind the fast-moving clouds. She stared at the boy who struggled with the slippery bark. An overwhelming power heightened her senses. Her vision focused on the boy. She could hear his panting. She could smell his sweat. All other sensory details around him began to blur. The focus. It came so sudden, so fast. The calling returned. The sound of an owl cut through the wind. She tried to take a step forward, but the distance between her and Samuel multiplied tenfold. The bridge stretched out. The boy was now a small speck a hundred paces away. She stopped moving, feeling the ground dissolve. Her physical form began to dissipate this was different than the first trance death came the haunting voice through her mind the same voice she heard while she killed the rabbit it wasn't her own it channeled through her mind my child said the voice again louise it was feminine she had just enough control to notice a brunette woman in a green dress on the opposite side of the bridge the claws and those horns rowan she was a small speck compared to samuel help samuel shouted again what are you doing his voice echoed it was muffled the overwhelming force of the wind the owl's hoot and the voice overpowered her senses the forest this was death The midwives didn't know what they were talking about. Louise knew this was her calling. She was meant to embrace the ultimatum. Samuel wasn't of importance anyway. He was a distraction to her sister. He was a nuisance to their secret club. If he was gone, Louise could have her sister all to herself. No more boys, Lisa and Louise. Lisa would be devastated. Louise wanted her sister to be happy. Then again, Lisa didn't know what was best for her. The girl didn't understand how dangerous boys were. Louise did. She had experienced it firsthand. Samuel was in trouble. Oneness summoned him. Samuel's hand slipped from the knot hole. The wind stopped. The log shrunk to a normal size as Louise's vision zoomed back into reality. Her senses declined to their regular sensitivity. The horned woman was gone. Samuel's hand was missing. A sharp snap erupted below. Louise felt control of her body return. She hurried over to where Samuel had clutched the log, holding on for his life, and peeked over the edge. Nearly 60 feet below, at the bottom of the ravine, the boy lay prone. His skull was split open. Remnants of his brain leaked out onto the rocks. Footsteps picked up from the other side of the bridge where the brunette woman had stood only a few moments before. Lisa was wide-eyed, rushing up to Louise. What's going on? Lisa asked. I heard yelling. Where is he? Louise's mouth remained open. The boy had died. This time, Louise hadn't interfered like she'd done with the rabbit. She only watched. Death was channeling through her not to intervene. She felt a sense of regret. The rabbit was in pain. Louise did something good. Samuel needed her help. Louise did something wrong. Lisa gasped as she peeked over the edge of the log bridge. She burst into tears. Samuel, she sobbed. Don't look, Louise said while bringing her sister away from the edge. She couldn't risk her falling too. What happened? Lisa mumbled through her hand, burrowing herself in Louise's arms. He fell, Louise said. I tried, I couldn't make it to him. I'll lie, an all too familiar reply. Louise had entered a trance the powerful forest trance of death. Samuel, Lisa cried. It's okay, Louise said while stroking her hair. I'm here for you. The pain. It hurt Louise to see her sister in such agony. She'd experienced a traumatic event, just like Louise did with Maxwell. Different, yet both moments of defining maturity. Louise was forever changed after Maxwell. She knew Lisa would never be the same now. This was a bonding moment. The sisters would become closer once more. Louise knew it. The forest was looking out for her. Samuel! Lisa shouted, her face turning pink. Louise's dress dampened from her sister's tears. It's okay, Louise said again. It was an accident. I'm so sorry. Her mind flashed to great-uncle Billy and Maxwell. He'd said the exact same thing to her. He was sorry. That was the right thing to say. Lisa continued to sob. The two girls stood in the middle of the bridge. Louise continued to comfort her. She would be here for her twin. She always would be. Louise knew she should be blue too, yet she wasn't. The void grew. Samuel fed it. Her ability to connect with others continually diminished as the void expanded. She was glad that her sister came to her. Louise could support Lisa in her time of need. That's all that mattered. Lisa's crying began to calm down. She lifted her head while wiping away a tear. Samuel wasn't supposed to be out here, Lisa said. He's gone because of us. It wasn't our fault, Louise said. We were just playing hide and seek. He slipped. But he's dead. What are his parents going to do? What are we going to do? No one needs to know, Louise said. People are going to come here. They're going to be looking for him, just like they're looking for Maxwell. Look around you, Louise said. When have you ever seen another person? We've never even seen footprints other than our own. This is our play place. It's not anymore. I don't want to be here. Samuel is below the bridge with his brains out. Lisa clenched her fists, shaking. She took several deep breaths, turning to look over the log's edge only to stop mid-glance. Shit! My point is, no one comes here. It's too far out from Raleigh and no one from Rutherford Manor comes here. We can just leave this behind. We have to tell mom and father. Louise shook Lisa by the shoulders. You can't, she said sternly. You can't. We'll be done for. Do we just leave him here? Lisa asked. That's horrible. Got a better idea? Louise asked. I don't want to move that body. We just don't come back here anymore. We'll find a new hideout. I can't do this, Lisa said, burying her face into her sister's shoulder. You will, Louise said, still stroking Lisa's hair. You're strong, like me. Like mother, like father. We're savages. I'll be here for you. I always have been. This will be our secret. And that is the end of episode 16. Oh man. Ah, uh, Louise is uh, slipping up a lot and just really t- turning twisted. Um, that little incident with Susie. Ew. Just misses her dad, who unknowingly knows how horrible he was, and this little bit with Samuel. Yikes. Uh, Maybe death is her calling. Who knows? We've got one more episode after this before uh, the podcast version of this book is closed up, which gives me time to finish up the audiobook and have it ready in its whole form. Uh, And if you just can't wait, you can always grab the book in ebook or print format. All right. So one more episode after this and uh, like and share with your friends. And if you haven't, definitely check out my Patreon. It's uh, got new monthly short stories every month and extra bonuses. So until next week, take care. Ciao.